Franchise Life. Today, we have an exciting brand called Anchored Tiny Homes. And with me, I have the co-founder and CEO, Colton Paulus. Welcome, Colton. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, my gosh. So I have been waiting for Anchor Tiny Homes to come into our portfolio for months, it seems. So I am so excited here. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we're able to represent this brand. Yep. So Anchor Tiny Homes, what is the history and just give us the lowdown on how Anchor Tiny Homes came to be. Yeah, so this brand, we started it in 2019. So even before that, though, a little bit of kind of my story and the family story. So I had started six or seven different companies before Anchor Tiny Homes, had some success, and then things would just not really take off like I wanted them to. So what had happened is, is my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, um, I was selling insurance at the time and, you know, kind of have a little bit of a past uh, where what happened was, is they ended up denying me my insurance license. So it was like May of 2019 and my daughter was going to be born in October. I was freaking out. I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide for my kid, my wife, my, you know, everything we got going on. And what happened is, is I actually saw an ad on Facebook for a competitor that was selling tiny homes on wheels. So we've since pivoted to ADUs and, and we'll talk about that, but it was tiny homes on wheels. This was like June or July of 2019. Um, I actually went to my dad, who's a general contractor. And I asked him, I said, Hey, do you think we could build tiny homes? He said, yes, um, I threw up my own ad on Facebook Marketplace, not a paid ad. And there was actually 300 people that reached out in the first three days. So at that time, I'm like, okay, there's a market here. I think this is what we're going to do. So I ended up meeting with clients, telling them the story. You know, my dad's a custom home builder, builds garages and remodels, really anything a general contractor would build, he has built. Um, and they really like these, these two clients that we ended up selling the first month fell in love with the story and kind of the, the product and they had a need for the tiny homes on wheels. So first few months we sold three or four tiny homes on wheels, about 80, 90 grand per deal. Um, and then what happened is, is California actually came out with a law. So I think our first year just selling tiny homes on wheels, we did, I don't know, five to 6 million in revenue. So, it, I mean, it was like a hockey stick growth the first year. Um, in 2020 though, the end of 20, uh, the end of 2020, there was a law that was passed in the state of California that allowed every residential lot to build accessory dwelling units or ADUs, which is the buzzword. Um, people might know them as backyard homes, granny flats, mother-in-law quarters, right? So California said, Hey, we have a housing inventory problem. We need to build more houses. And I think this is a way to do it. So the end of 2020, it's kind of a funny story. Clients would come in and I was the only sales rep at the time, right? I was, I was, you know, running all the appointments, doing all the sales. We were still a small business and clients kept coming in and saying, Hey, do you build ADUs? And I said, no, no, no. And finally it was like the 15th person. I'm like, yes, we build ADUs. And I just went to the drawing board. I went to my dad. I said, Hey, how do we do this? I feel like, I feel like the market is shifting to accessory dwelling units and we need to be ahead of this curve. And so we ended up meeting the first client we sold was in Rockland, California, a little 400 square foot studio ADU. 
we worked all weekend, created her design, the models, the whole thing. And then, and then really the rest is history. That is incredible. I mean, talk about a success story. And now uh, this past year in 2023, you started franchising and you have currently, as of today, awarded over 60 territories throughout the United States. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's crazy. It, it is. But, you know, tiny homes, you know, all the transformation of we see you know, RVs, we see um, different buses. I mean, tiny homes, tiny living, minimalistic living, affordable, sustainable. I mean, those, it, they've become so prominent in our, in our lifestyles today, or, you know, what we're hearing as buzzwords. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and I'm in South Florida, yeah. you live in California, we are, both of our states are known for unaffordable housing and, uh, you know, it, it's just incredible, especially in South Florida here. Yeah. I have a 30-year-old son that he would love to invest in a home, something yeah. he can own and work towards, but in all of South Florida, it is so difficult. Oh, yeah. We are seeing communities that are tiny home communities popping up, yeah. you know, in open areas and so forth. So my question to you is, as an individual who has no experience in the construction industry, how am I able to invest in anchor tiny homes and be successful? So I would say that people laugh at this and, and think this is wrong, but we actually desire that more than a general contractor. And the reason is we've built a really bulletproof system on the operation side of things. So if you just follow our blueprint from A to Z when it comes to design, permitting, and construction, it's pretty simple. A lot of times general contractors, and I'm not saying a general contractors can't buy a franchise, but a lot of times they're stuck in their ways and they think they have it all figured out. And what we've come to find out with, you know, our early successful franchisees that are up and rolling and having sales really early on, um, like Austin, Texas, Boise, Salt Lake City, they're all starting to really crush it, similar to what we have been doing. And none of them have construction backgrounds. But what they do have is sales backgrounds and, and they can sell customers. Because at the end of the day, this is a product that is anywhere from you know ninety to $400,000. So this isn't like you're selling a t-shirt or a hamburger, right? It's an expensive product and you have to convince people to move forward. So I would say we're actually really excited about people that don't have a ton of construction experience because we've laid out the system from A to Z. And if you just follow the operation side of things and know how to sell, you can be successful. So I don't usually get into the investment range this early on in a podcast, but the investment range to own a single territory of anchor tiny homes is 113,000 to 185,000. And when I look at the breakdown, um, you know, the biggest variable in there is going to be marketing dollars. And then the other one is really the big one, heavy hitter is uh, three months of working capital. This is a very low overhead type business. It does not require 
any um, investment in equipment and so forth. So talk me through what it looks like to get this business up and running and what an owner, whether let's just say an owner operator, what an owner operator's daily day would look like a day in the life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, if they're, if it's just them, let's say they're the, the sole operator, which we have a ton of franchisees doing that, buying two to three territories, and they're doing everything from the jump. So you're going to be running a lot of sales appointments, right? So we at the corporate level handle all of the digital marketing, and we actually have a call center where we book appointments on our franchisees calendar. So you'll be running appointments, visiting job sites, meeting with clients, uh, talking to them about the product and then measuring for utilities, hookups and, and all of that stuff. Again, with our proven system and process where we'll teach you on training days and we have a field support team that also visits, visits our franchisees. So they'll be running appointments. Once the jobs are sold and in contract, um, basically there's three buckets, right? So you have design, you have permitting and you have construction. So there's a life cycle of every job that is anywhere from six to 12 months, depending on permitting. That's why there's the big variable. Every city and county is different. But in the beginning, they'll be just meeting with architects and connecting the client with architects and designers and overseeing that process. We have a national partnership with a company by the name of Permit Flow that submits permits for us. So they won't have to really worry about the permit side of things. The architect will connect with permit flow. They have kind of this back-end software where you can track jobs and manage jobs. Um, and then once jobs get into construction, that is really when we recommend that you either decide if you want to be on the front end, we call it pre-construction, or if you want to be on the back end, which is project management. So <clears throat> once there are permits issued, I would highly recommend they bring on either a sales rep or a project manager on the back end. But in the beginning, the first three to six months, it's pretty easy to do everything by yourself. So you mentioned the relationship with the architect. Are those architects at a local level, a relationship that the franchise owner will establish themselves or are those relationships that corporate helps with? We, we help with it, but yes, it is going to be local. And the reason being is there's so many different laws in every city, every county, and it's just a heck of a lot easier if you have a local architect that understands those laws. Absolutely. That makes sense. So let me ask you, in, in my county, in Palm Beach County, yeah. uh, at one point in time, I looked into a painting franchise that... I was looking for something uh, to invest in that my son could get involved with. And to have a painting franchise in Palm Beach County, it requires a GC license, which to me is just crazy, but that's beside the point. So what I'm getting to is a business like this would also require that a franchise owner in our area has a GC license. Correct. To be able to operate. So given, again, using me as an example, I am not a GC. If I want to own an Anchor Tiny Homes, how would, how would I be able to do that? So we have, actually, Florida has been, Florida and Texas have been our two best-selling uh, areas for, for franchisees. 
So what you have to do is there's two options. Option one is you do what's called an RME or a responsible managing employee. So what you do is you actually employ a general contractor and then you submit paperwork with that employee as the qualifying individual with the state. So you basically do have to find at least one general contractor that's going to go on the paperwork. Um, and you can do that two options, RME or option two is what's called an RMO, Responsible Managing Officer, but you have to give them 20% equity in the company. So nobody has elected to do that. Everybody has gone with the option as the RME. Um, and surprisingly, because you do have to partner with a general contractor on the fulfillment of the build side, um, it's pretty easy because you have to find that relationship anyways. So it's just finding the relationship earlier on so that you can kick your business off of the ground. Got it. Okay. So this is a subcontractor model. So this is, I mean, you've mentioned a salesperson, project manager. So at a at a franchise owner level, I mean, really, you're talking a handful of employees at yeah. most. Yes. Uh, but actually, the build and anything that comes after that for the development of the ADU, uh, this is purely a subcontractor model, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we call it a white glove service. So we're the kind of the customer service to the consumer. And then we oversee architecture, permitting and construction with skilled tradesmen in each bucket. Okay. And are you seeing in most franchise locations? I mean, when I talk to clients, labor is always an issue, right? Um, or I shouldn't say an issue, a concern of theirs. So especially when you're looking at a subcontractor model, um, you know, are you, are these individuals building long-term relationships with a handful of subcontractors and in the hopes of the continuous work or where are they finding these subcontract, the subcontract help? Yeah. So, so yes, the, the answer to that question is yes. What, what the general contractors really like about the partnership is number one, they don't have to deal with the client. They don't have to deal with the design and they don't have to deal with the permitting. So you're basically taking all the things that they hate off of their plate and you're handing them a permit and saying, Hey, can you go build this unit for us? And then the second component is the consistency of work. So, you know, we have general contractors, Salt Lake City, Austin, Texas, where they're giving them three to five projects a month. And, and so this general contractor is like, hey, I don't have to go sell new jobs. I don't have to go fight for new work. I don't have to bid on projects. I get told what the price is going to be and I can say yes or no. And then I just get consistent work. So it actually is a really cool thing. And we have general contractors at the corporate level that actually don't even look for different work. They just work with Anchor Tiny Homes because it is so consistent and we pay them super quickly. So I think it's a win-win on both sides, right? These general contractors really enjoy it because of the consistency. Um, and then they don't have to do all the stuff that they hate. They really got into general contracting, most of these GCs, to build things. And what they didn't realize is now they are actually a business operator and they hate that part of the business. So it's like this win-win where we're taking that part of the business off of them and they get to actually do what they like to do. 
All right. So let's talk. Okay. Let's go back to the ADUs themselves. You said they're anywhere between 90,000 and maybe up to 400. Is that really the range that, that you play in? It is, but, but most are 150 to 225. So most of the time we're selling a one bedroom to two bed unit. Um, the 90 is, you know, a studio, which is super rare. And then I say 400 because we've sold like two jobs that are 400,000. But most of the time people are, it's really a housing need. It's not for your luxury clients a lot of times. It happens, but rare. Most of the time it's people that need to put their mother-in-law or put their kid in the backyard and they need a one bed or a two bed unit to do that. So what are, and I, I believe I saw that you also do garage conversions as well. Can yep. you share a little bit more about that and, you know, what percent of your overall business you're seeing in that area? Yeah, it's it's market dependent, right? So in the Bay Area, we do more garage conversions. In Sacramento, it's a little bit larger uh, yards. So most people elect to do a detached. But still across every market that we've seen so far, I would say it's about 80-20. 80% is detached. 20% is uh, either a garage conversion or an attached unit because we also do attached to the homes. All right, Colton. So let's focus on the support that you as a franchisor will provide a franchise owner because it is pretty significant. And so let's start from the top as far as marketing, sales, because the number one concern and goal here is getting clients. So talk us through what type of support that you offer. Yeah, so we actually, it's it's pretty incredible. So we handle all of the lead generation for all of our franchisees. So that's that was actually when we really got off the ground, we brought on a, he's our VP of marketing now, but he's really an intricate part of our success and our growth. So we handle all of the lead gen, Instagram, Facebook, Google, YouTube, all of the paid media we're taking off of the, the franchisee. So they're, they're going to walk into leads literally day one. So we flip on the ads, we, you know, get creative with the copy um, and they're going to get leads right away, right? Day one. So that's the the number one thing that we provide for the franchisees. The franchisees do have to sell the jobs. That's up to them. And then they have to manage the fulfillment from the sale to the end of the job. But we actually are staffing our second and third, uh, we call them field support representatives. And these are people that have, so the guy that oversees it, uh, his name is Greg. Greg has worked for, G, had worked for GJ Gardner for 18 years. Um, and help them go from a six-person team to a $3 billion franchise in that 18 years. And we poached him and, and, and got him to come join us. Um, <clears throat> so he's overseeing the whole field support team and kind of building out that team. So we want to get to where we're actually visiting our franchisees at least every 60 days. So we have someone actually flying to them. We're going to have field representatives in every market. Um, where they're visiting them every 60 days and coaching them and helping them grow their business. Um, so on the front end, and then obviously our field support representatives on the back end. That's incredible. I mean, you know, I read also that your team, uh, you know, they will actually book the appointments on your franchise 
these calendars for sales appointments. So your franchisees just simply need to show up and sell the job. Correct. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we, we actually have what we call them appointment coordinators where they funnel leads because we've done a really good job with marketing. So we'll get people that think an ADU is 15,000, you know, so we have to funnel those leads and make sure they don't get to the franchisees. So, you know, let's say we get a hundred leads. Well, only 10 to 15 of those are actually going to go to the franchisee because we're filtering and making sure that the consumer can actually afford the product. Colton, you are you and your family currently operate a lot of territories in the Bay Area and California. What would you say to date? And let's talk about early on, because now I know you have a system in place, a lot of support. But in the early days and looking at considering a franchise owner coming into this, what would you say the biggest challenges are that they'll face? I would honestly say the sales process, right? And and I think the reason we took off so fast is because that that is one of my superpowers. I'm just I'm really good at connecting with people and and and, and getting them to believe in a product. Um, so I would say like, we're having one franchisee right now. We're really coaching her through, Hey, it's time to bring on a sales rep. We're giving you some quality leads. Um, and we really should, we should be converting more. So I think the people that are operators, not hiring a sales rep quick enough. Um, and then the obvious, which you mentioned before is you're going to always have to be recruiting architects and recruiting subs. Um, because what happens is with general contractors, not to scare people away, but this is just the truth. What happens is you'll find, let's say one general contractor. Well, let's say he go, he lands a 10,000 square foot house. Well, all of a sudden he's not going to value working for, you know, the three ADUs per month for that 12 months. So you always, I say, if you have one, you have none. So you're going to want at least two to three architects and two to three general contractors, just so you kind of balance out, you know, the, the people working for you. So I would say not valuing sales enough and then not recruiting consistently and having depth in each category. So to that end, uh, we already, you touched on that a GC, I mean, although you would welcome GCs if they're the right fit, um, they're not your ideal Correct. Uh, candidate. So what attributes or what types of background are you looking for in an individual as a franchise owner? Well, so I would say it's two-sided. So number one, like I mentioned, sales, I think is the hardest thing. So what we've seen work the best with our early, early successful franchisees, like Duran in Austin, Texas, he was a VP of sales for an insurance company, right? Well, he, I mean, he literally got off the ground, I think, I don't know if I could say this because of the FDD, but he has, you know, almost 10 sales in the first two months in business, which is just oh. insane. And that's one territory. So he's just a killer salesperson and he partnered with two good general contractors. So the jobs are moving forward. So I would say someone that's really skilled in sales, if they're not skilled in sales and they're more of an operator, I still think they can operate a business. They just need to hire that commission only sales rep pretty quickly. And that's what Jim in Salt Lake City did. Uh, he took 12 months to do it. And 
now his business, when he brought on these two sales reps, has actually gone to the next level because he's an operator through and through. He's not truly a salesperson. So I would say those two things. It's really two-sided. If they're good at sales, we recommend them signing up for a franchise. You know, because think about this. If you sell one ADU, let's say it's $150,000 per month, that's a $1.8 million business. I don't know many other franchises that can do that with only 12 sales, right? So if you have the sales skill set, I would highly, highly recommend doing it. And then on the flip side, if you don't, I would just highly recommend that you um, hire a sales rep uh, pretty quickly. Because then on the other side, like Jim in Salt Lake City, he's an operator. Well, his jobs are moving through the pipeline, you know, obviously at the corporate level, we're seeing royalties come in faster. So he's really turning his jobs quickly, which is we also want, right? That's the only way anybody makes money, even the franchisees. You know, one of the beautiful things about being in a franchise uh, business and entity, which I'm a franchise owner myself, is the collaboration and the learning, right? You've you've been expressing lessons learned. And what's nice as new individuals come into your system, they're going to be able to leverage those lessons learned and even be more productive from the onset. So yeah, yeah that's great. So I know you touched on, you mentioned the FDD item 19. We always have to be careful of what we share, but I can share uh, some published marketing information that is in your uh, marketing assets. So and in, in the item 19 in 2022, this would have been um, gross sales for a year one franchisee was 1.3 million gross profit, less disclosed expenses, meaning royalties and all those fees that are due to the franchisor is 869,000. That is a pretty fantastic business for your one franchise owner. That's right. Yeah, it's incredible. Yes. And so I think, like I mentioned, it's just something where there's not a lot of sales that are needed to have a high sales number. And then if you're turning these jobs quickly, you can you can make a lot of money, as you see in the FDD and item 19. So Colton, on the last note, how do you see this industry of tiny homes progressing over the next few years? Well, I think I think we're at the forefront. I think it's just the beginning because what, what's happening is, so California passed a law in 2020. And what's happening is cities and counties across the country are starting to do the same thing. So we're starting to see almost every major city across this country approving accessory dwelling units because they're seeing it really work in California to provide more housing inventory um, and, and, and affordable housing, right? That's the biggest issue is, I mean, in California where, where I live, a, a 2,200 square foot house is $800,000, $900,000. Well, it's like, if you have a family, you can't afford that. It's just crazy, right? So this gives the option for families to kind of bond close together. You know, if they have land, let's build a big ADU in the backyard and kind of have this have this communal living. And then um, I think it's happening everywhere. So I think it's at the forefront. And then I think phase two of this which is something we're going to implement. We're actually launching um, small affordable houses. So I kind of wanted to touch on that quickly. Um, 
but I think the, the kind of the vision for, for us and for the industry is I think in five to 10 years, you're not going to see 3,500, 4,000 square foot houses built much anymore. It's going to be the thousand to 2,200 all day long, even maybe smaller, 800 to 2,200. So I think we're at the forefront of kind of an affordable housing crisis that something has to happen. Yeah, I would agree with you. So you piqued my interest, small, mm -hmm. affordable housing. Housing. Yep. yep. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we're in the process of developing some models uh, for our franchisees. So we are going to focus solely on being the largest ADU builder in the country. But even at the corporate level, I think we have five or six homes that we're building for clients that aren't ADUs. And so we started getting asked a lot and we're like, hey, why don't we roll this out to franchisees? Even if they sell one a year, let's say it's a $400,000 house, right? That's going to add to their top line revenue and they'll be able to be more successful and serve more of the need of, of their consumer. Um, so yeah, so it's something we're going to implement this year, probably in the next 60 to 90 days, we'll have all the models and the renderings and everything done. How exciting. Well, congratulations. I, I actually, I am so excited about Anchor Tiny Homes and the possibilities it has for, I mean, people to get into the real estate business. I get asked a lot about real estate investment, what opportunities are out there in the franchise industry. And most of them are unaffordable. I mean, you know, there's, there's different opportunities, but many times they're anywhere from 800,000 to 1.5 million for individuals to have a real estate play. And this is a fantastic opportunity at an investment less than 200,000 with fantastic returns. So Colton, thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to bringing some qualified prospects your way and look forward to seeing the growth of your business. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You bet. So for anybody interested in learning more about Anchor Tiny Homes, please feel free to reach out to me at Stacy at FusionFranchising.com. Thanks and have a great day.